I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome into episode number 294 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, number nine NCAA-ranked, viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB and Deej coming at you almost a week after the PLL championship. You know, life gets crazy, and when you're covering a championship your schedule gets thrown off so we just decided to pivot a little bit but there's no games for the first time in like 64 weeks or something like that of any type of lacrosse which is insane so we were able to uh you know finagle our schedules a bit but we're gonna recap the championship game we were both in the building for it uh give our thoughts on the season as a whole we'll talk about this nll unified uh standings announcement and what that means for the nll nll schedules got announced as well um so we'll talk a little about a little about those as well in the mix there but before we get into everything make sure you're following us on the socials at otb laxpod twitter instagram tiktok threads Follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you consume your podcast from. Leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia as a whole. And let's Deej and I do really dope stuff that we're planning because we are in the early phases of an OTB version of hashtag up to something season. Uh, so there you go. Subscribe and maybe you'll find out more. Uh, also subscribe to the underground sports Philadelphia YouTube channel because Deej is clearly in Alaska because those Northern lights are beaming on you, brother. You are looking glowing today. Thank you. Thank you. I tried to brighten up for the people and not look so uh, dampered. The, the Borealis lights are shining. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports, Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show every single week, live streams, you know, original video content, the whole nine yards. If it's video, it's going on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe youtube.com slash at underground sports, Philadelphia, and get your merch from our awesome merch partners at PHI apparel company, the best in the game. It's the exclusive home to all underground sports, Philadelphia podcast merch, get your OTB shirts, your OTB hoodies, hoodie season is practically here. So if you want to look styling and profiling all fall and winter long, get your OTB hoodies, tag us when you get it. We want to see where you're rocking it from. And right now, right now we've got, we've got a very special offer for the people Deej, because 
That's what PHI Apparel Company does. They are truly the best in the game. Uh, if you want to get your merch in bulk, three or more items, and get 30% off through October 1st at 1 o'clock p.m. Shout out to the Eagles for going on a streak. Use code STREAK, S-T-R-E-A-K, for 30% off three or more items at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off whenever you want. That supports us directly. And then, of course, uh, code STREAK, S-T-R-E-A-K, for 30% off three or more items. Uh, Shout out to the birds. The birds are doing it. And they got new Red October merch that's out now. Uh, for the fight and fills if you're a Phillies fan go check that out some really cool stuff that's absolutely fire I might have to order both of these because that's how dope they look uh, and get your OTB merch we'll repost we'll tag uh, you know everything we'll post it everywhere so go get your merch phiapparel.co Deej what's popping we covered another full PLL season in the books always that bittersweet feeling uh you know at the end of a season but i i'm really excited to get a little bit of a break and um hammer out obviously lacrosse doesn't get a break in my life realistically between coaching covering watching just analyzing everything so i think i'm going to take this time to really set up some things for my spring team scheduling um sponsorships and like all that kind of stuff so it, it feels good to not have to dive deep into games and such right now uh, for the next like month and a half and kind of can just sit back and really um, give some time back to, to my team. 100%. You know, it's a, it's a grind for us. You know, there are uh, newborn babies that have come into the world since uh, we started this season of full-fledged NLL into college, into PLL. Uh, which is crazy to think about um, that that is how long we we grind with this thing um, you know another season in the books and and with that we have a new champion of the world the archers lacrosse club are the 2023 champions of the pll shout out to chris bates to tom schreiber ryan ambler matt mcmahon grant ament graham hosick Brett Dobson and the entire Archer squad, um, you know, from start to finish this year, they were the best team in the league. Um, they earned this victory for sure. It was one of the best championship games of any sport that I have ever watched, especially in person. Um, I'm fortunate that we get to watch these games in person. Uh, but this was hands down, in my opinion, the best PLL championship game across the board in league history and the archers are you know paul tweeted it the archers are going to go down as the final team to win a pll championship before teams get assigned home cities and it's very fitting because you know the storyline with this archers team was they could never get over the hump the last time they played at subaru park they were playing for a first overall draft pick uh that ended up being grant ament and then they hadn't been back since um so it was very cool thing to watch the archers you know finally get it done and i mean it's storybook tom schreiber hits the game-winning goal with 97 seconds left in the game um it was back and forth it was physical it was fast it was fun 
The crowd was unbelievable once again. And, I I mean, this is a game that, you know, you look at every PLL championship game and you say, oh, this is one I'm going to remember forever. This was a game that will be firmly entrenched in my mind as one of the best lacrosse games I've ever watched. Oh, yeah. I mean, this game was insane from the beginning to the end, the way it started, everything that happened in between. There were so many kind of like whoa moments from hits to goals to saves. This was, I mean, even looking at coaching styles and how they came into the game, this was one of the best championships we've seen in pro lacrosse in a long time. And it it is exactly what not only the league needed, but the sport, the players, the fans, just everybody who was interested in this got the very best product. And I'm just hoping this game gets replayed a couple of times and more eyes are able to see it. This is a very good product to go out and get people interested. This game had everything that lacrosse embodies all in one place at one time with tons of passionate fans there. And, and I feel like the right team came out on top. Yeah, it was just an unreal game. The vibes throughout the entirety of this game were off the charts. Subaru Park at one moment felt like it lifted off the ground when fans were rooting for the Water Dogs and you got defense chants, you got banging on the the bleachers and in the seats and everybody in the press box from one side of the, the line down to the end looked at each other with an astonished look on their faces like, oh, this is a moment and it was it 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 took the let's go redwoods chant in 2019 in ohio and almost made it look juvenile that's how loud it was that's how unified it was and it wasn't just a one-time thing it happened again they ran it back and it was continuous it gave everybody in the press box chills And I think that is a moment that we as media are going to remember as another, like, rung in the wheel of the PLL that this sport is on its way to doing some massive things in terms of fandom, in terms of in-game experience, of being at a game. It it truly, like, felt like it was a, a Premier League game like the the energy that was there and obviously it's it's not going to be that status because of how packed premier league games are over in england and and everything but that's the energy that was there you know you had flags flying you had fans on their seats getting like i'm fully convinced that like people heard subaru park in like center city philadelphia that's how loud it was. It was something that is now like it lives rent free in my head. And it was one of the coolest fan moments I can remember in PLL history. Oh, I mean, I think I remember the first one popping off and I just like turned and kind of just looked and my eyes were like, they just shot open. Cause it was like, wow, that is loud. And then like, they got to stop. And then they like scored and then they got to stop again. And it was like louder. And I was like, that's scary. Not because 
the water dogs are getting momentum and I didn't want them to win or, you know, I, I was pulling for the archers, but like scary good, like hearing those kind of things is what every player wants to hear us as media. That's exciting just to hear because we know how hard everybody is working for that sound, not just down on the field, but us up in the press box the PLL front office and everybody that that's involved with that product, college players, like everybody just wants to hear the loudest cheers for the game of lacrosse, because we know that means it's growing and that all the work that we're putting in isn't for no reason. So it, it was just one of those like aha moments for a lot of people, like for people who say that lacrosse isn't growing, doesn't have popularity, can't compete with X, Y, and Z. It was kind of like a you're wrong moment. Yeah, it was it was an awesome game and like to see a, an original six team claim a championship, take down the defending champs, like that's good for the league as a whole. And it would have been cool if the Water Dogs repeated too, because it is an expansion team running it back and and how difficult it is to win a championship. Um would have been cool, but like to see an original six team win that had that, that burden of never getting over the hump, uh, to see that video that is unreal of Brett Dobson stopping Jake Carraway's potential game winning two pointer and how close that was to going in. Like there, there is an alternate universe. If Dr. Strange came through and is looking at every possible outcome, there's an alternate universe out there where Jake Carraway hits that shot and the water dogs repeat. Like, that's how close it was to a repeat champion. Um, and, I mean, everyone on the Archers stepped up. Grant had himself a game. Mac O'Keefe was phenomenal. Uh, you know, you had the big hit from Graham Hasek on Ben Randall. And this game delivered you everything and then some that you could have asked for in a championship game. And it is really cool now. We've had three original six teams claim a championship and we've had four of the original six play in a championship game. I think that's super cool for the league gives you bragging rights. You know, we're one of the first teams to be in the league. We now have a championship. It's going to be really cool in February. The archers get to play in the championship series and potentially get to be, you know, the first team to win both trophies in a, you know, consecutive season pretty much. Um, I'm, I'm super happy for the archers. Like they earned it all year long. They played the best lacrosse as a team all year long. And, you know, Chris Bates is one of the most underrated coaches in the league. You know, we've had a number of coaches on this show from Nat and AT and Cope and Sean Quirk when he was the coach of the Cannons. Um, and they're all great at what they do, and we love all of those guys. Chris Bates has been in the league just as long as AT and Nat, and I don't think he gets enough love for how good he is at his job um, just because he's not an outspoken guy. You know, he does things under the radar for the most part. And to see the pure happiness and elation on his face, hoisting that trophy, popping the champagne, that was five years of work that Chris Bates and this coaching staff put in to get this team to where it was, finally coming to fruition. And that was such a cool moment to witness 
firsthand and see just the pure joy take over Chris Bates' body. Oh, I mean, he, he couldn't control himself. And, like, my it was hard for me to control my eyes. I was literally looking at absolutely everyone, like, just trying to find, oh, this player and this player. Where's this guy? Where's this guy at? What's this coach doing? Who's doing this? And I didn't even realize that Tom Schreiber was – spinning in circles and then was like oh i'm the one that's got to dump the gatorade like so many things happened at once because this team was just so excited but they deserved it and you could tell how much passion they played with you could tell how much they wanted to win that game how much it meant to coach bates how much it meant to coach rash um and, and just the, the entire archers organization every guy that had a piece in that felt it and and they even brought it up in the presser you know guys like jackson place and uh, Reese Eddie and a few others that aren't on this roster anymore. Or sorry, no, not Reese Eddie. Um, who's oh, the Reese. other one? No, there was somebody else they mentioned though. Um, darn. I mean Mac, obviously, or not Mac. Um, oh, it was Will, Ian. Will Marcus. Will Marcus. Ian. Dominique. Um, Dominique. Adam. Mark. Like all those guys, and they're like, "Hey, this is just as much their championship as it are is ours." And you know, they it was a true organization win, and and you could sense that in every fiber of everybody's being that was there. It was much bigger than just the individual person, and they celebrated so hard. All the stuff on Twitter about guys celebrating a certain way—if it's a joke, cool, I'm fine with it because jokes are fine. Do your thing. That's what Twitter's for. If it's not, let guys celebrate, man. Seriously. It doesn't matter whether that kid sees him do it or they see, you know, some MLB or NFL player do it. They're going to do it if they want to do it. Kids can see something and not want to do it. Sure, it may not have been an idea before, but it could be an idea. And then they're like, that's not a good idea, though. Like, dude, Ken Wires, do it again. <laughs> do it again. And again and again, it, it was fun to see you absolutely just emote in such happiness and enjoy yourself and have a good time. That's the whole point of celebrating this, to just bask in the ambience of what you just did. And the Archers did that to a T. Yeah, I mean, it's a championship. And, like, I was cracking up when our boy Hutton quote tweeted the Orioles, you know, clinching the AL East last night and said, I'm very glad the Orioles social team got this on video. It's like one of those things that, like, the, you know, and you see Brett Dobson on Twitter, who's not truly active on Twitter all the time, coming to the defense of everybody. And it's like, I'm cool with it. Like, this, this is fine. Like, celebrate. Like, we just want a fucking championship. Like, who cares? And it's like, kids shouldn't be having beer cans in their hands anyway. They're not 21. They shouldn't be partaking in that. So, I thought it was fine. Cam Wires, you don't have to apologize to anybody whatsoever uh and if you're offended or, or taken aback by uh you know that celebration being on video like the water dogs were ripping cigs in the locker room last year like <laughs> come on like i've seen far worse you know types of things that weren't even for celebrating so had no issues with it um loved mac o'keefe's uh little dance emoji that he put on twitter to say that they won that was very mac o'keefe esque um brett dobson wins championship game mvp 
And I think after we saw that video of that shot, rightfully so, um, I mean, just a, an all-around awesome, awesome game, awesome environment, and a phenomenal season. Like, we, we talk about it a ton on this show. We're so fucking lucky that we get to cover the league the way we do, that the league appreciates the way we cover the league the way that we do, um, and, and to witness now my fourth championship in person. This is your third it's something that like it, it hits you in a different way every single time. And it's just like, wow, like we're really here covering a championship game and to get the access to, to be able to be at weekends as much as we are and to bring you guys coverage, you know, we wouldn't be doing this without you guys who listen, who follow along with us on social. And, uh, you know, it's, it's truly one of the coolest things that DJ and I get to do in our lives <laughs> it's it's really that simple like it's crazy that we get to go and cover these games and and have been doing it since the league's inception and to have mike and paul rabel as you know confidants and and people who support us and are in our corner and want our content out there is so fucking cool and you know it's one of those things that nine months of grinding through the mud of covering this sport and obviously from june to september we're doing it with the pll hardcore um it really pays off on, on championship day when you get to see somebody celebrate the joy and successes of of their accomplishments um this season was so dope oh i mean the opportunities that we get in our position as media with our podcasts, not only our access to players and coaches, um, but just being able to talk with the front office from time to time at weekends and, you know, talk to them about certain things, get engaged their, uh, their interest on certain things or, you know, get their opinion on how certain players are playing, how certain teams look, their coaches. There's just so much information and knowledge they offered us, but also just a sense of, love and care and, and belonging that they also gave to us as well is second to none. And, and being so close to a sport that I love and, and, and is growing as we are growing is, is also just, it's phenomenal. Like it, it allows us almost like a, I don't want to say a free range platform, but like it's, there's less pressure to be a certain way or to, or to do things a certain way or to, you know, fight through a barrier of oh they know these people when they're getting to know everybody and we've been around since the beginning so they kind of they already do know us at this point and then you think about the product they're putting out on the field every weekend it's fantastic like every weekend there are great games whether it's blowouts or not they're going out there giving their all balling out they're staying 20 30 40 minutes hours after games as fans are lined up around giving autographs and and handshakes and taking pictures and whatever it else it is that the fans want it's the camaraderie around the league starts in the front office and and they do a fantastic job of showcase showcasing their gratitude for everybody who has a piece in the success of the league and everybody who's making things happen in the league and I mean, 
hey, I couldn't be more proud to be covering any other league than the PL, PLL. Like they, they make it so easy and so fun to cover. I'm just excited that, you know, I got an opportunity to get out four or five times this year and, and be out and interact with the fans and, and the players, coaches, but also that this bond is still here and I'll be able to do this again next year. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like we get to do this and it, it looks cool and everything, but it is, you know, it's a grind for us to be there and it's, it's cool when it's like, we're there and I'll be somewhere and we're waiting for you to fly in. And everybody's like, where's, where's homie at? And they just know that like, it's kind of this thing that like, we are there. Like we're going to make sure we have boots on the ground because we want our presence known in the PLL and in the lacrosse community as much as possible uh, with the show that we do every week and and just making it uh, a community, you know, that, wants to talk about lacrosse in a fun way and have fun doing it and not always X's and O's. And uh, that's what we strive to do and and to be able to travel the country as much as we did this year, meet new people, meet people that we knew virtually through social media this year, getting recognized in so many different places by different people was fucking crazy. That was this year was really the first time that that happened for both of us uh, across the board and getting name dropped um, and just being known was like, and the pod name being known more and more when we name dropped it, it's like, Oh, I know that. Like that was like a, what the fuck is going on moment for me personally. I'm sure it was for you too. Like at any moment that that was said. Um, So it is really cool to know that like we're, you know, bursting through in the lacrosse community people know who the fuck we are and our haters hey we're not going anywhere (laughs) we're not going anywhere exactly and like that i mean that's just like on a on a fan basis on on people who are just tuned in every day kind of thing which is what our main audience is and and a lot of you know gratitude goes out to that but what really speaks to me is when we're sitting in in in-person pressers and coaches ask us how we're doing or they comment on something we're wearing or they they walk out and leave or they walk in and get ready to sit down and we're the only two people they dap up and it's like oh okay like they they mess with us they really like the Mm -hmm. things we do they they get down with what we get down with and and they show that gratitude by always saying something or you know handshake and, and and that kind of thing so like that is what spoke the most volumes to me is like how often players and coaches were like, oh, what's up? Like, or like would look at us, give us a little look. Rob laughing at like everything I had to say in that press conference. Like it's just so many little small quirky things like that. That's like, oh, like we are taking it to that next level. And then when you pair that with a random walk around the concourse and guys are like, oh, that's or, or oh, they're the guys from OTB. Like then it's like, oh, like, okay, we really are you know, making splashes around the the lacrosse world. Yeah. And it's like one of those things that it's, it's happened obviously with, with Nat a ton because he's been rocking with us even before you hopped on as a co-host in 2019, he's been coming on the show. Same with AT happened with cope and even more so last year when the water dogs won the championship. But like to get that from Chris Bates this year 
after the game was very, very cool. Chris Bates telling us, we're the best at what we do. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are really great. Like, to hear that from him, where, like, Chris Bates has never been on the show yet. Um, and, like, he's one of those coaches that are kind of sometimes hard to read because he is under the radar. He is very, you know, uh, just very attention to detail, business-like. And he's he's almost like Stag's light in a way sometimes um, where you don't necessarily know how to get a full-blown read on Chris Bates. But to hear him, like, give us our flowers was one of the cooler moments uh, of doing this show and being around Chris Bates uh, more often the past couple of years, he was at shootout for soldiers last summer and I got to talk to him a bunch. And then obviously he's been coaching in the league since year one, but to get that like seal of approval from Chris Bates was really, really cool. And especially for me with him being a Philly guy and uh, you know, given, given the nod there, like that was like, we looked at each other and was like, Holy shit. That was like the, uh, I think I that was like the moment that we had. Like we have one of those moments every, every year. Every year after the championship game, we have one of those moments throughout the night where like somebody says some just bonkers thing to us, and we just look at each other and go, "Like, is this real? Right? Like, fever dream, right? Like, there's no way that just happened to us." And and it always does every single year. And that this was that moment, like. I don't even remember like what we were doing or anything. I just remember standing there and then Bates goes, Oh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> like, I love everything you do. Keep it up. And I was like, what, what, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and it's <laughs> like, thank it's you. So but like, too, uh... like, he's never been on the show. We're working on fixing that obviously. Um, but to know that like, you know, it kind of stems back to the draft where he was reading mock drafts online. Like that just shows you Chris Bates is online and is Chris Bates an OTB faithful listener. Who's to say, who's to say, we'll leave that open to the imagination for everybody. <laughs> right. Right. Cause we're leaving it open to our imagination too. <laughs> Cause I mean, we have no real clue. <laughs> no idea. Um, but I mean, extremely happy for the archers, especially the guys who have been rocking with us. You know, the homies on the archers from Matt McMahon uh, to Graham Hasek, Ryan Ambler, obviously, who's been on the show before. Grant Amen, who, you know, follows the the main underground sports stuff that we do. Um, Tom Schreiber, who has been everything and then some in terms of just generous and kind and supportive uh, from 2019 on from the moment I met him, um, you know. Latrell Harris, Connor Fields, like those are the homies right there. And obviously they didn't get to play, but like seeing them celebrate was so cool and, and so deserved for both of them. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and on from, from this Archers team. There's a bunch of guys that like I sit back and I'm like, there are a lot of guys on this Archers team who like get down with us and like support us, whether it's just by following us on social media or, you know, they've been on the pod before or, you know, we've we've interacted with them in person and they're just, like, supportive of our in-person coverage. Like, the Archers have a, a really special crew uh, of guys and, you know, to, to see them get to celebrate the way that they did. And, I mean, 
you know, you look at the Philly boys like Matt Moore, Mac O'Keefe, Penn State, you know, Challen Rogers as well, who's been on the show before. Um, Reed Bowering living a, a fairy tale. <laughs> Just an unbelievable day for him. Um, and I mean, you know, Reese Eddie's been following us on Twitter since the bubble. Jared Connors follows us on Twitter. Um, it, it was really, really cool to see those guys, you know, do the thing and, and get it done. And shout out to Tony Resch, too. You know, you want to talk about one of the greatest coaches of all time. He's got another championship trophy in his, in his cabinet now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Like, is he the best defensive coach ever like he he's starting to get up there and and he did a fantastic job at maintaining a very hot offense like sure they scored what 14 but like that's water dogs offense that was what had just put up 18 or something like that on the woods like 17 on the uh the cans uh, yeah and like they had put up those kind of numbers all throughout the year. They put up those kind of numbers on the archers throughout the year. But when it came down to it, they made stops when they needed to. They pushed transition. They, they just did all the right things all year, only surrendered two losses. And he's got how many of those in his in his cabinet? Like the man is is doing all the right things. I I loved it personally. I it felt good to finally have a perfect bracket five years into this thing. <laughs> took me five years to get a, a perfect playoff bracket, but it's there. It's done. I we never were on our Sarah Griffin grind. <laughs> never have to do it again because I did it already. Yeah, and, and I'm happy. Fun. It was a very good, very good Sunday for me. Um, yeah, the Packers won. It was a very good Sunday. I don't know if I'll ever have. Uh, I don't know if I'll have another good Sunday like that for a while. Yeah, and I mean, I know we talk about it a lot, but I mean, Tom Schreiber is one of the best humans on the planet. And to see Tom with so much joy and elation and, and get that championship that he has longed for in the PLL, and not that he needed a legacy game whatsoever. Like, Tom Schreiber, when it's all said and done, is a first ballot Hall of Famer any way you dice it up. And to see just how happy he was the the shit eaten grin on his face getting asked some funny questions in the press conference after the game um to see tom like get the the espn sports center you know spots leading into this game i couldn't be happier for somebody than tom schreiber to to get that ring this year he had an unbelievable season he's the mvp for a reason and, you know, Tom is genuinely one of the best humans I've ever met in my entire life. And if there's anybody that, like, deserved this, it's Tom Schreiber. And he's he's truly just, like, the best of the best. And, you know, it sounds redundant, but that's what he is. Like, he is such a great person. And that's not even going into how great of a lacrosse player he is. And that's the cool part about doing this podcast as somebody who's never played the game is I, I tend to dive into the human aspect a lot and to see good people get rewarded with things that they deserve brings me immense joy. And that's in every facet of my life. 
So to see Tom grind the way he did this year, really take on an added leadership role with this team with the departure of so many guys in free agency and really make the Archers his own. And I mean, when you look back at the original six, like branding and marketing, Tom's the only one left on their original team. That's the crazy thing to think about. You know, when you look back, it was Miles Jones with Chaos. It was Kyle Harrison with Redwoods. Uh, it was Paul with Atlas. It was uh, Justin Gutterding with Chrome. And then it was Tom Schreiber with the Archers. Tom's the only one left as a face of the franchise type of guy. And then with the Whips, it was Drew Snyder. It wasn't even Rambo. It was Drew Snyder for Whip Snakes in that original marketing package. Um, so to see Tom, like, get to be on top is truly one of the coolest things and couldn't be happier for number 26. Shout out Captain America. Uh, I think it was just a matter of time. Like he definitely deserved it. He's worked hard for it. And, and the elation on his face was one of the, the cooler things to see of the day. But realistically, it was really only a matter of time. He reaches this level, this pedestal, the stratosphere and, every level of lacrosse he plays so it was only a matter of time before he got here he just needed to have the right people around the right mindset and and it all fell into place this year and there's a good chance they do it again like he's a fantastic leader he loves playing he's in good shape the guys around him are enjoying themselves he's still in his prime (laughs) wouldn't be the first time we've seen a repeat champion he looked great this year and it, it was just nice to see him get to a place that he was expected to get to so early. It's always nice to see one, you know, check that off the list and kind of just relax and breathe, see the weight come off their shoulders. He literally might have an even better year next year because he there's no pressure whatsoever on him anymore. He's still in his prime. He's only 31 years old, and he's the oldest player on the Archers. This Archers team is poised for years of being able to be competing for a championship which is very very exciting um for the league and and to see you know what happens when teams get assigned cities and stuff like that in november um it's gonna be a wild time shout out to the pll from mike and paul to a certified homie from championship series on grace hamilton is the fucking goat like truly best of the best at her job and made this year unbelievable for every member of the media um she is the best deserves all the flowers shout out to grace you know sarah griffin joe keegan the entire pll game day staff that we see on a week in and week out basis obviously emma liam like people who support us top to bottom like to have effectively an entire league, you know, even Rachel DeCecco, like to have an entire league that like gets down with us and supports what we do content wise and knowing we're not your traditional, you know, journalistic media. Like we are a podcast. We are digital media. We are having fun. We're making jokes and like covering the sport in a way that I feel like every sport should be covered. And that is the mission of underground sports Philadelphia as a whole. It's really freaking cool, and this year was just one for the books uh, across the board with the PLL. And is is it February yet? I'm ready for the champ series. 
Not even close, brother. <laughs> Not even close. I mean, I love this year. I wasn't able to get out as much as I wanted to, but every time I was there, it was almost like the red carpet was rolled out. Everything was very easy for me. I had a great time at everything I needed. No worries. Welcomed in. And and just like you said, having basically an entire league of support is I don't need it's almost undescribable. Uh, the the feeling that you get from that and it, it just means a lot to me and and where I want to be in life and where I want to go is is kind of just one step along along the train. Yeah, and I think with um with just the entire like PLL media too, like people who were at games, people who covered, you know, every single beat writer, shout out to them. They they were phenomenal this year and obviously we had Zach and Wyatt on the pod. We had Zach twice and had Wyatt on going into the championship game and everything. Uh, but from Lauren to Jerome uh, and the rest of the beat writers and everything that we got to interact with this year and, and see in person and everything, they did a phenomenal job. Um, and I think that was an added element that the PLL really needed. Um, and then, you know, all the national media like ourselves, you know, from, uh, you know, shout out to the boy Connor Eck, like, being out at weekends way more than he was last year and, and making a mark, you know, with the digital media, with the social media presence that he has, um, you know, chase for the, the PLL pipeline, phenomenal job covering the sport. Obviously Sarah works for the league, but Sarah does a great job uh, at what she does covering the PLL. Um, you know, the, the national media spotlight, I think that Mike gave during media day was really, really cool. And, you know, you have guys like Hutt and, Kevin Brown, Rosie, like across the board, everybody was phenomenal this year. And I think the coverage that the PLL got from independent national media members was top tier. And I mean, you saw the PLL take an interest in that when, you know, somebody like Dan does his food blogs and then going into Philly, it's like, hey, we're going to have Dan do the food blog for the PLL website, I got featured on there for things to do in Philly because I'm from here. Like, to see the PLL utilizing the national media for their platform as well, I think is a, a huge innovation uh, for how the sport gets covered. And, you know, everybody on that quote-unquote national media spotlight too, like, hats off, like, phenomenal job this year across the board. Yeah, I think – we oftentimes don't, you know, say good job to each other enough or congratulate each other enough or even ourselves just because we were like, oh, like, it's just work. It's what we do. We love it. It's it's our job. It's our part in in helping the sport gets to where it where it's supposed to be. But like, seriously, sometimes we have to take a step back and really think about how much we're doing as a collective in, in the media world and pushing the cross to where it wants to go from tying in a food blog and, and things to do in an area to the X's and O's, the best players, the things that they are interested in outside of the game of lacrosse. What do they have going on in their personal lives? All of these things matter because when you look at the NBA, what are some of the biggest stories? The fact that Jason Tatum was eating ice cream at the local bar with Jalen Brown, like that's the biggest story that's ever going to come out of the NBA. Nothing about, what they're doing on the floor. Like we're getting to that point and, and 
the appreciation from both sides, from both the media and from the league, from the players and coaches is the best part because it's, it's mutual and we both want to help each other and we both do whatever we have to do to make it work, which is why I think lacrosse is finally taking another huge step up is there are bridges being gapped that were some thought would be impossible to bridge. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, you look at just the interactions on game day when we're in person and seeing, you know, who has their connections with who from either doing interviews or coming on the podcast. And, you know, didn't even mention like with the PLL, like obviously the homie shout out to RJ, like another phenomenal year from him covering the league, the way that he does it. And then Phil Shore as well uh, on the national landscape of things. Like there's so many people that, you know, it gets lost in translation when you try to, uh, you know, keep track of how many people are actually covering the league. And I think that's a cool thing, too. There's so many people covering the league now from what it was even last year um, that the, the spotlight is there. And, you know, to have those interactions, like you said, you know, Kira McArdle loses a championship by one goal and leaving the podium makes it a point of emphasis to dap us up. Like, that's crazy. You know, that just shows, like, the connection he has with us. And, obviously, we've been on that Kieran train since day one to make sure he gets his flowers the way he deserves. And, you know, AT chest spiking me anytime he gets an opportunity to. And, uh, you know, any moment that Nat comes into a press conference after a dub and the how we live in gets exchanged, you know, that's that's the cool part about this league. You don't see that in – the NFL. You don't see that in Major League Baseball. You don't see that in the NHL or the NBA. You don't see that in UFC. That's the unique part about this league is that with it being so new, the the relationships that were curated from the jump truly carry over and mean a lot, not only to us, but also to the players and coaches. And I mean, that's the beauty of growing with the league is your career grows as the league grows, your connections grow as, as you continue to get better at your craft and continue to connect with coaches, all those things and, and players, all those things better, not only, you know, the league and, and the sport, but just yourself, your craft and, and just overall how you feel being that connected to professionals, however you want to put it is, is next level. 100%. So a big thank you to the entire Premier Lacrosse League staff, players, coaches across the board. You know, this all really got started champ series for this season for us with the PLL. Then our, you know, goes to our draft night party where we had Jared Newman and Beast and Hutton and, uh, you know, newbies, terrible internet. So he couldn't join <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jack Rowlett on FaceTime when Will Bowen gets drafted and, um, and then it goes into the season and we have, you know, flat tire escapades part two and DJ truly got jumped into being an OTB host at that point. Uh, and then being able to, you know, sit president's row with, with Mike and Paul, that second game and taking in the league. And it's like, holy shit, like, here we go. Like this is happening. We do a live pod in Ohio. Uh, you know, Fairfield was off the charts again this year. And then, you know, you, you look at Baltimore, 
was a, a movie as it always is, and then uh, you know you, you get the playoffs for us is always a treat from Boston to Long Island this year, and then obviously finishing in the city of champions. Uh, shout out to everybody who followed along with our PLL coverage this year and listened to any episode. Um, it really means a lot because uh, this show does mean a lot to our company. It is a staple of underground sports and, and what we're trying to build here. And um, You know, December's five years of OTB, which is crazy. So probably do something fun and special there to uh, celebrate the the anniversary there um but yeah shout out to the pll for another phenomenal year and uh shout out to the archers the 2023 champions of the world the archers lacrosse club uh before we keep it pushing gotta give a shout out to our pals at kenwood beer because deej guess what i don't know if you saw kenwood beer has officially infiltrated the phenomenal, beautiful state of New Jersey. Oh, nice. Candies nice. are in Jersey. Uh, they finally are here, and they are in the Philadelphia area as well. They're in the Pittsburgh area. They are in Maryland as well. Uh, so they are slowly but surely making their way to a state near you, and they are now in New Jersey. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker. See who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in your area. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly and smash Kenny cans on your heads responsibly. Um, <laughs> the NLL news that we hinted at last episode is here. Unified standings format, which means East and West are gone. It's just 18 games it's just a full-blown league no more east and west and i gotta say for an announcement that was as hyped up as it was for this to be what it was feels like they overemphasized the announcement just trying to stay relevant you're trying you know the bigger the bigger you make something the better it is like but i mean realistically i think this was a very good move um for the league it, there are a couple cons but realistically this was a very good move for the league it's an interesting one some of it i like some of it i'm like eh that kind of stinks um, mostly when it comes to like the playoffs, because I do like the, the, the added like emphasis to like the East West playoff rivalries that we've had over the past couple of years, especially with teams getting good. And then it's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta beat your, your rival to get to the championship game. Now it's like, oh, the championship could be Buffalo and Toronto. The championship could be Colorado, Calgary. The championship could be, you know, just but, uh I, I like that just because like we're not at a point where there is legitimacy. Like, like I, I just, there's not the best team out of the West, best team out of the East. Like 
best playing the best that's like where this is going and i think that's in there because lacrosse as a whole is still trying to grab the eye of the rat the random fan the best way to do that i know (laughs) (laughs) the best way to do that is rat (laughs) i mean that's how they're thinking about somebody right now um (laughs) but like that's the best way to do it is to put out the best possible product the entire time and I think this does that. The only thing I do, I think a lot of the cons come in the regular season. With this, I think there are a lot of cons to it across the board. There's some positives, but I think there are a lot of negatives as well. Um, you know, the each team playing each other, uh, or sorry, each team playing every other team once plus four additional flex games which is to preserve established rivalries and fan interest like that part sucks in my opinion because like you're potentially losing out on some of these rivalries that have been building and kind of like festering to get there um depending on what the flex games are for your specific team obviously but i i don't know the the new it was underwhelming news to me and then also just like man like okay it's a big deal though it's not a big deal to you because you're like getting into the nll technically since it's only been five years but like people who have been watching the nll almost their entire lives this is a big deal they haven't done this in forever like going back to this model of literally best place best at all times is a weird switch. Cause like you said, there are some teams that may not play a team that they're expecting to play twice in a year. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Cause you're going to play them at least once. So it's not like you're losing out on playing some teams. You're going to play everybody at least once. The teams you play twice are the teams that hopefully your fans are going to want to see twice. Like I can't yeah. imagine I can't imagine Georgia not being on the Philly Rock Philly schedule twice. Which I'm pulling up uh the wing schedule specifically so I can let people know the games I'll be at this year. Um because every team's schedule is announced and I don't think we have to go through schedule announcements, the New York Riptide one hands down. Yes. Shout out to Tyson and shout out to Connor Kiernan. Like they won that hands down. Um, and I will, but I will say overall, I felt like it was a down year compared to like last year and such. Yeah. I don't think this year was anywhere near as good. And I think it was because it was overshadowed by this wider league announcement too. It's like, oh, here's this, but also we have schedule announcements too. Like, I feel like it was kind of cluttered with everybody doing everything all at once so like you didn't see ever i didn't i haven't even seen all of them that's i think i think i think part of it the the way it came out was to get more eyes on the schedules because because if people are already talking about the league because of this change when the schedules come out people are already searching and such possibility but either way i agree too much was going on yeah it was all coming at you like way too much but 
here are the Wings games for this season uh, that I'll be in attendance for across the board. Uh, so the Wings kick their season off on the road. They're at the Riptide, Deej, on December 2nd uh, at I the Coliseum. That. I will be there, obviously. Um, December 9th, they're on the road at Toronto. We'll obviously not be there because it's in Toronto and the boy is getting married. Shout out to OG co-host Dom. Uh, then we're playing some fun games because the, the following week is the home opener. It's at one o'clock, but also OG underground sports, Philadelphia producer, Tyler Steinbrein is getting married on the 16th. So I have to find out what time the wedding is. I may be playing double duty there. Um, so I'll let you guys know if I'll be at the home opener or not. Otherwise, I'll be making my Wells Fargo Center return uh, in 2024 because then the Wings' final home game of 2023 is at Halifax. Then the Wings are home all of January, Deej, which is very, very nice. January 7th, 13th, and 27th against the Riptide, the Rush, and San Diego, respectively. Then uh, December 2nd, or I'm sorry, February 2nd, they're home against Halifax. Then they're at Vegas, at Calgary, and then they're home against Calgary to kick off March. Home against Panther City. They're at Georgia. Home against Vancouver. Home against the Bandits. And then, again, the schedule makers just hate the wings, and we finish three games straight on the road at Panther City at Colorado, at Rochester. Looking at the wing schedule here, this is what sucks about this new scheduling format. Only one game against Georgia, which is clearly a rivalry. So that aspect kind of stinks that you're not getting the Georgia Swarm multiple times. Uh, only one time playing Rochester. That's another rivalry that I feel like that loses some of its luster now because that's you know just fight night every single time that they play. Um, it's interesting that Panther City gets double-dipped with the Wings. Obviously, you have the connection with, with TK being the head coach there. I don't necessarily view Panther City and the Wings as rivals. Um, so that's an interesting like Western Conference like double-dip. And then the other Western Conference double-dip is Calgary. Another very interesting one. Um they may be trying to use them to create new rivalries. <laughs> and then Toronto and Albany also only being on the schedule once is a bummer. Not that, you know, I want the Wings to play Toronto as much as possible because they just beat them for the first time last year. But that felt like a rivalry from even back before the Wings came back. Like, that was an established thing. Like, the Rock and the Wings were rivals. And then Albany, obviously... Um, is there from when they were the Black Wolves and they are the original wings. So like that has that, you know, relocation history and just like bad blood there between the two franchises. Um, so that's an interesting, you know, takeaway there. Also the bandits only getting one game against the wings. So if I was looking at a double dip West coast wise though, I would have thought at least San Diego would have been a double dip because the wings in San Diego came into the league at the same time. So you try to build that up a little bit more of like hey we came into the league at the same time in San Diego has been you know arguably more successful 
because of just regular season success. Um, I like Halifax as a double dip, though. I think that's become a holdover rivalry from when they were Rochester before. And um, New York, obviously, the New York-Philly rivalry is there. Just an interesting schedule, just to put it bluntly. But I'll be at most of the Wings games. That's for show. I think you're a little hard on it first year. It's just some weird double like, dips. It's like a tester. Just right, right out. See what yeah, happens. I was a bad test taker in school, so I don't like tests. I mean, I don't like tests either, but just, just let it ride out. See what happens. Maybe they change it next year because this year doesn't work. And they're like, oh, these games were not good games. Let's go to these games. And honestly, it just seems like Philadelphia picked the wrong games to double dip on. I would assume the teams have some type of say in who, who nah. they want their flex games to be against. I couldn't imagine that the league's just going to go, oh, yeah, we're just going to pair these teams together just because. Like, I would assume they're asking, like, oh, it, you know, flex games, if you could pick, you know, six teams that you would want to have in the flex games, who are they? Not saying that the league's just going to take that and run with it, but they at least have some consideration. I would assume well, I can't. I can't imagine the, the league, the league put in out. here. They said scheduling will be rooted in competitive equi- equitability. Say that ten times fast, and schedule parity, with each team playing every other team once plus four additional flex games. Blah blah blah, uh, and fan interest showcase games with impactful storylines and highlight star player matchups, and a lot of the stuff with the NLL because more than half the teams share arenas with either an NBA or NHL or both team comes down to when you can schedule games because I know for a fact that um, like the wings get like third to fourth priority when it comes to scheduling because obviously you have the Flyers who get number one because that's their home arena. The Sixers are then number two. Villanova basketball is also in the mix at the Wells Fargo Center. You also have concerts and comedy shows at the Wells Fargo Center coupled with the wings. So it's a matter of fitting them into the overall schedule there. And I know that goes into effect with teams like Colorado, teams like Buffalo. Um, There's another team, too, that I know like shares an arena with multiple that I'm just blanking on. Who is it? Uh, it's Colorado, the Wings, the Bandits obviously share with uh, the Sabers. Are you sure? And that might be it. I don't know if Vancouver shares with the Canucks. Maybe, but because I know they're owned by the same group. But I don't know if they share. And does Panther City share with the Stars? Panther City shares with the Dallas Wings, so they're like opposite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Until the the spring rolls around, but. But not nah, because yeah. Dallas Stars really just do uh, like training camp and stuff in the spring. Yeah. They don't really get started until after season's over. So there's not too much, if at all, overlap there. And then like San Diego's their own arena. Georgia's their mm-hmm. own. Albany's their own. Uh, Halifax is their own. Riptide, Riptide share much. with the the Long Island Nets, but 
that ain't the same. It's not the same as scheduling with an NBA or NHL team. Toronto's in their own arena, I'm pretty sure now. Uh, Calgary doesn't share with any... Do, do the Roughnecks share with the Flames? It's a possibility. Let me check. My, I forget. Vegas I is their should, own. I should, I should know that now. Saskatchewan's their own. Yeah, know your team, bro. Hey, don't don't come <laughs> at me like that. Don't come at me like that. Figure that out. WestJet feel the Scotiabank saddle down. They do. So that's another one. So yeah, it'll be interesting. the The playoff format is pretty much the same, um, except now it's just you know unified. It's one v eight, two v seven, three v six, four v five, bracket style, um, to advance to the NLL finals. Quarterfinal round will be single elimination. Semifinal and finals will be best of three. Season kicks off December 1st and 2nd uh, when Buffalo begins its title defense on Saturday, December 9th at Albany. And anything else in here? No, I think that's, that's really it. There isn't. This is kind of very much a let's wait and see what happens kind of thing. Yeah, so we'll figure out some NLL games potentially to get to, some OTB takeovers at an NLL game. Um, would be very fun. Obviously, Deej has to get to a Wings game for the first time. Uh, and and, and, I already, and I already told Nick Rose and Latrell that I'd be at a Toronto Rock game this winter. So got to make that happen too. Um, we're working on some stuff for the NLL season and just the show as a whole, so please uh, support us. We got some fun things in the works. We're, we're working with some fun people. Um, can't give out details just yet, but just know that, like, I'd say January to February, we'll probably have more definitive, like, solid, concrete answers on a lot of this stuff. And then, obviously, we got the Champ Series in February, which can't wait for that. Did you see the odds came out for the Championship Series? I did I not. tweeted those out uh, from FanDuel. Not a, not a sponsor, but FanDuel's got the Redwoods as the favorite to win right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that one's tough. That's why that one's tough. Um, so yeah, we will uh, hopefully be working in some guests uh, during this downtime before the NLL season kicks off. You know, we've got solid like three months, pretty much. You know, full October, full November, and then uh, December kicks off everything. So, thank you guys for all of your support uh, throughout the PLL season and just this nine month grind. That has been, you know, NLL into college, into PLL. Um, appreciate the hell out of you. And, uh, Deej, we did it. We did another season, bro. 
dude. This was great. Every year it just gets better. Thanks to the people. I never have much to say. But thank you so much for this year. Um, and really excited to do it again for another year. Can I take these two months, focus in on my squad a little bit, and then get ready for the grind once again? Yeah, and I'm gearing up for another grind of Philly sports success, which is fun. Um, so follow along at OTB Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. Follow Deej at SCS underscore next. Great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Uh, follow along on the socials at underground PHI too, especially uh, on Friday. You guys probably won't be hearing this by the time it happens, but I'm hanging with the homies, the Arkells at the TLA. They're in town allegedly with Nick Nurse. Crazy. Shout out to all the Toronto people. Um, but yeah. Follow along on the socials. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify. Leave a five-star rating and review. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Deej, I'm sorry that you're stuck in Alaska still, but once we hit 600, we'll we'll get you on a one-stop flight back to Kalamazoo, and you'll be good to go. Um, we're 47 subscribers away, so... Who knows Slowly but surely. Who knows when we'll hit that one? Slowly uh, but surely. <laughs> hopefully, you know, by the end of the year. <laughs> oh, we will. We will. Slowly but surely. Um, so go subscribe. Get your merch. PHIapparel.co. Code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. And this has been episode number 294 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, number nine NCAA ranked, viewable on YouTube, outside the box podcast, the official lacrosse pod on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Deej, I'm KB. Until next week, we're getting the heck up out of here. We are signing off. Peace. Peace. And that's outside the box.